This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido Fresno, and with me today is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor, Aikido Fresno. And Maya Solano McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido Fresno. All right. All right, so we're back for another episode. Yes, yes, we are. We are going to surprise. I know. You wouldn't have thought. Last week we were here. (laughs) So, um, Maya had an idea. This is all my. This is Maya's episode. We should call this one Maya's episode. Uh, It was her idea, but I think it's a good episode. I think there's a lot that we can discuss, and hopefully, will be good for people to hear. So I'm just gonna let you run with it. Go ahead, Maya, lead us. You always really build it up. I'm like, oh, shit, man. And now you're like, uh. I feel self-conscious of my topic idea now. That's yeah, a perfectly good topic idea. Um, So I felt like we should do a, an episode on just teaching, various aspects of teaching Aikido, because I feel like there could be a lot um, of good little tips that I would like to hear from you guys as I kind of continue to progress, like taking a larger role in teaching some of the other students and um. I sometimes I, <laughs> I like watch you guys teaching class and I'm like how did you how did you know how to explain what that thing right? or you know how did you uh decide that you're going to shift this lesson in this direction or did you plan this or how did you you know all that kind of stuff so it'd be interesting to just hear everything from like really like no duh kind of tips to more uh in-depth kind of lesson planning ideas and stuff well I I think there's a good Topic idea, especially because as you get to be higher ranked and you get you accrue some of your own understanding, um, and you're still going to class. This happens to me all the time. Uh, so I'm in a class. I know the things that are being taught by the instructor. Um, so I'm probably not going to learn anything from from that aspect of like the instructor telling me something that I don't already know about it because I already you know so. Being able to flip it and, and be able to say, like, instead of looking at what he's telling me about the technique, um, can I, what can I pick up about how he's telling other people about the technique? Yeah, right? totally. And then I might actually gain some new insight on the technique, or I might at least gain some insight on how to be able to pass that information along. So, as, you know, a lot of times, you get to a certain level, you're, you know, in those higher Q ranks, or you're a black belt, and it's like, and I've had actually had people ask me like do you get tired of coming to class right because at a certain point you're not are you working on the things that you want to work on right because you're a high-ranking student like whatever um and i think a you know there's always something to learn but b if you can kind of flip the switch and and start thinking about okay now instead of thinking what i can personally give get out of the 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 practice or or what's being shown like what can i take in that i then can maybe give back so yeah. I, I think, and I don't know if that's where you were coming no, with totally. it from, but yeah. um, that's what, what I've seen. So a lot of times, yeah, I'll just watch Chris teach, um, and it's not even about what he's doing necessarily, the technique, where it's like how it's being done and how yeah, it's being Yeah, how he's of, transmitting it to the right, students. Right, and how it's being, you know, yeah. the, the lesson plan is being constructed or, um, you know, the, the, the logical flow progression of ideas throughout the entire class or that sort of thing. So I feel like a lot of the time now, like working with other students, um, on whatever it is we're doing, like 
Um, oftentimes I, I, you know, I'm to the place where I can see something's going wrong with us as a unit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, of course, at first I'm like, how oh, is it me? Am I making this situation worse? And then I'm like, okay, no, I think this person's making some kind of mistake. And uh, I look over and I'm uh, trying to find a way to vocalize that to them, like in a way that they'll understand. And then oftentimes I'm like <laughs> kind of at a loss for words where like I have an idea of what's going wrong but I don't know how to transmit it to them um, in such a way that they can go, oh, okay, that's the mistake I'm making, and then fix it, you know, or give them a way to better understand what they're supposed to be doing. And so a lot of the times I'll, you know, I'll do my best, and they're still maybe, like, not qu- quite understanding what they're what they're messing up or what I'm trying to tell them to do. And so then I'll, I'll be like, sensei, can you come over? And we're having trouble with this. Can you help explain? And so I feel like a lot of the time I'm just – as much you know maybe it's something that i don't necessarily do wrong anymore but i i don't know how to tell other people about that right. you know and so like listening to 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 you like explain it to them and going oh yeah that's the word that's i should have exactly used right. that's the I word i should catch used. myself yeah. um explaining something or showing something whatever and then you'll come over and say blah blah blah, blah and i'm like that yeah. thing <laughs> you know like it's that's like the thing that the I was expediency to, with which to, you are able to go oh, this is what's going on uh fix your hand here or, you know, um, think about it like this and you just give them like two words and it's like a, a, that is what you are supposed to be visualizing when you're doing this. It's like, oh man, (laughs) it took me like four sentences. And even with that, I was, they were unclear. So, um, yeah. Well, maybe we can start with, and, uh, Chris is probably the best able to answer this, but, um, teaching philosophy so i mean obviously there are probably many types of teaching philosophies but uh you know maybe what are some that you have seen in various teaching teachers that you have uh encountered and then what sort of is the one that you use or or maybe it's a smattering of multiple things yeah it's funny you know when i when we talk about martial arts as a subject like the martial arts being the focus of the subject um I am always thinking like a teacher, so I'm always thinking about telling other people about it. And so it's funny, this episode's weird to me because I think about teaching for me mostly, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's just now, you know, maybe in the last, I don't know, whenever you took your chew on, like in the last how many years that it's like, oh, I need to be thinking about how to tell people to teach also, you know? So it's, right. it's, how yeah. it's a little build, bit of a... How to build yeah, teachers. Like, yeah. I know how to teach, but uh, but all, teach the learning, all the learning I've done is just for me to teach. Right. So it's just right. my style of teaching, right. you know? And, and I've been in a position now where for several years I've seen, I've not only been subject to many different teachers... Um, and then had to learn to teach myself. But now I've started to watch you guys teaching more and like pay attention to like, oh, what, how are you trying to solve that problem and stuff, you know? And, and I think teaching, especially a good teacher, it's hugely a personal thing, you know? Like, so you've got to find your own stick, you know? Right, like, own, yeah. and, and like you said, there's probably different styles that agree with you and you can kind of borrow stuff from other people. But I remember when I first started teaching, um, and if I'm drifting from the subject, let me know. But when I first started teaching, uh, I remember I would open my mouth and I would hear other teachers come out of uh-huh, my mouth, uh-huh, you know, right. like, yeah, yeah. I mean, almost spooky, yeah, right, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's just like, well, they told it to me in a way that was good like this. Yes. And then, so that's, you know, so that's what I would tell. And then like, as the years went on, I started to realize that like, well, all those, the, all the people I'm talking to now aren't me. 
And so the lessons that I got from good teachers, the things they told me, that was custom built for me, but not for this kind of person who's different, you know? And so that's when I started tearing it apart and going, like, oh, this person needs a different kind of thing, you know? So, so I think the common mistake that most people make starting to teach classes is um, they, and some people learn to make this work for them, but I've never been able to do it, which is like you set a lesson plan, you know? I want to cover X, Y, and Z. And so you just go like, okay, I'm going to, you know, cover yeah, these yeah. things. Inevitably, what's going to happen is you're going to get people who don't have any clue as to what you're fucking talking about. You know, like, and I have successfully done that several different times, but it's more flukish that you get a lesson plan and actually get to follow your lesson plan. Um, so I think from what the, I've heard from like teacher, like you know, high school teachers and stuff, that's just as much the case where they are supposed to lesson plan and they do, but then it rarely ever goes exactly yeah, the way they yeah. planned. So I mean, I think you know. As a teacher, the most valuable things you can do is A, master your subject, understand your subject and what you want to express about the subject, right? So what what do I know about this and what do I want to tell you about this and why do I think you getting this will be important? And understand that first. And after you understand that, then it's just like, how do I tell this individual about that? And then so you got you to gotta triage your group, you know? So you look at your group and you go like, well, I have two black belts who have been doing Aikido for over six years each. Uh, I have um, two people who are brand new. And I have a person who's in the middle. And so then you've got to like, so this is what I want to convey. These are the people I have. And then how do I get that message to all of them without letting the black belts get bored, the new people being overwhelmed. Right. And then, you know, the middle person generally, they get, they, they do fine. You know? right. They, they uh, get what they get out of it. Yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah, fine. They're also going to be able to pull the most out of it, yeah. I think, you know. They're the ones that are still going to be excited about new stuff. And are going to be able to ascertain what's happening if you go on the on the higher level. Yeah, um, it's funny, you know, when we first started talking about this, but like we were pre-gaming tiny, we just pre- baby pre-gaming this. But uh, Maya was like, uh, like, oh, you know, people probably want to know about how you um, choose to shift the direction in a class or how you. I'm like, the things she was. I was like, oh, those are difficult things to talk about because they're just. <laughs> I mean, they're like, you just got to get a sense for them, you know. But. Um, uh, I think there's like teaching and then there's also class management and they're two different kind of skills that help each other, right? So there's how do I convey the art, these these ideas about the, the art to you or to whoever? Um, and then also how do I manage all the people I have so it's a conducive learning environment for all of them, you know? Yeah. So, and the way I go about things I think is a little different my class setup than your class setup. So it's similar in some ways, but... You know, the first part of class for me is always ukemi, and I'm always going to be doing roles and a bunch of different types of roles and a bunch of different types of body skill things at the beginning of class. Then we're going to move into some partner uh, practices, usually done kihon. Um, and then the end of class, I'm going to try to get us moving and doing some kinonogari, some in motion stuff. And I just think that those are the three components, components right, yeah. that, that we train. So I want to hit all three of them in a class if I can. That doesn't always happen. And again, like you were saying, it depends on who shows up. Because sometimes, you know, if we get uh, a bunch of new people, well, maybe we're only going to be doing ukimi or we're going to be doing more ukimi in the beginning to get those people up to speed to join the others. But that's what I try to do, at least in every class. And within that, I might have some kind of you know, thing that I'm looking at once we're into the technique section or once we're into the um, movement section. But that's how I try to pull it together, and it just works for me. Um, But I know you, like, do all sorts of things in terms of how the class is set up. So, you know, sometimes it's a a 
minute bit of warm-up that's not really any kind of like formalized let's do our stretching now because a lot of you know I know yeah. that when I started we would do it would be like we're doing these stretching exercises and then we're doing these this Kimmy exercises and and that sort of gone away a little bit um, is there a, a reason that you have moved away from that more formalized so I feel like over the years you know so I mean I've been teaching in one capacity or another for oh, I don't know probably since 1999 um, so you know nearing 20, 20 years, years now of, of teaching in one form or another you know and and teaching full-time for the last t- over 10 years you know um, so I really feel like I can look at a class and I can go, what did they need? And I can bend to any part of the system. So I don't have lesson plans anymore. I don't walk in with like a, I want people to get this. Sometimes I do, but it's rare. It's like, it's like if I'm on a real special tip that I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought of things this way and I want to work with it. But most of the time, um, I have themes that I'm always working with in my own training, but like I just look at the class and I go, this class needs X. And so like, you know, my warm-ups aren't official anymore. Like, usually we warm up with uh, some Hikiotosh or some Sumiotosh, and I just have them going because basically what I want you guys to do is move and talk and relax. Right, and, so right, right. that's what I get you doing. Yeah. And then I watch you, and I go, what kind of mood is everyone in? You know, are we in an excited mood? Are we in a tired mood? Are we hot? Are we cold? Are we whatever we are? It's funny how you can totally feel that oh, in totally, classes. Totally. Like, in the yeah. first five minutes, oh, everyone's so talkative today. Right, or, you right. know, oh, everyone's hot <laughs> and tired. Right, yeah. Yeah. And so then I go, I go, okay, our activity level is going to be about this, you know? And yeah. then I say, oh, what kinds of things can we talk about? And, that, and then I, I really study the people and go like, oh, these people are getting ready for these tests or these people have been asking questions about this or this person's really been fucking this thing up over and over and over. So <laughs> so it's like, you know, like... A it, lot of times that, I, uh, for me, that's one where it's just like uh, enough classes of seeing people do stuff, n- not wrong, but just not well... And it's like, okay, now we have to work. Let's focus we're, on let's, this a little we're bit. We're rolling today or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. you know, we're doing forward rolls and that's it. Or yeah. right, you know. And there's there's really regularly like classes where it's like, this class is mostly for this person, you know, 80% right, for this right, person. Right. And It's funny. I can I can start to tell that. Yeah. Like, and and when I do that, and you know, everyone gets their turn. You yeah, know, it's not totally. like anyone's special, but it's just like whoever has the biggest issues in this particular class, we're going to work on them. Um, and then, so after I decide that, then it's like, okay, how can I construct it so it's fun for everyone else while we do this? You know, like, um, and then it's just kind of, and you know, I know my students really well. I know new people well, um, not on an individual level, but I know them well in the sense that I know what new people right, want and don't right, want and right, need right. and don't need. And then I know my personal students really well and like go, oh, they need to work on this or this is an issue for them. And so then it's just easy to kind of plug and play, you know, like, okay, we're doing an active class and we need to really focus on Ukimi because this guy sucks at it and I need to get him better right now to go up to the next level. How can I make that not boring for this person? Well, this person is into uh, Rondori right now. So, oh, we could run a Rondori class. And then it's like, well, if this person's not ready for Rondori yet, so maybe we'll do some Giawaza. And then, like, you know, you get a real intellectual in class. And it's like, okay, and then I'll explain the issues of why we do Giawaza to them. And then you just kind of, you know, you, you you make the class for everybody. Yeah. What I really like about um, about your teaching style is that it feels like um, you always try and hit those, like, without even kind of maybe even thinking about it. Like, there's this thing I took a teaching class in college and I really liked thinking about it in that way which is like you try and hit each different kind of learning style uh-huh. for people because um, some people are auditory learners some people are visual some people are kinesthetic and and hitting each of those for people um, and I think that's easier in martial arts because you can get up and move um, but like sh- showing people in all of those different ways so it's not just like you go and 
demonstrate the technique and don't say anything and then say, okay, go. You know, you try and explain what's That's going on. That's definitely a style, though. It I is mean, a style. That is definitely, yeah. you know, um, uh, a way. And I think there are a lot of schools who that's that's the thing, right? It's just like, here's the technique. We yeah. do it, we do it, we do it. Go ahead. You see it three times, whatever, and then you get thrown into the thing, and you can maybe ask questions. I, think I feel like we're a little more heady. Yeah, yeah for sure. Much, for sure. much more uh, conversational. But. but but what I like about having a little bit of explanation is, like, oftentimes I know that a mistake that I fall into as a student is, like, I tend to, if I just look at something, I'm not a very good visual learner as it is, but I'll try and emulate the way that it looks rather than the way that it is the intention the thing, of right. the thing. And so then... I'm I'm trying to make it. I'm too busy making my body try and look like what yours look like, mm-hmm. rather than going, what am I supposed to be doing? Right. What Why am, does the body right? Look like that? Why am I? Where am I aiming for here? Right. What am I? What's what's my goal? You know, right. and and that tends to um, produce a shitty version of whatever it is we're practicing. And it, it generally, you know, you have to come over and be like, that's not exactly what we we're doing. And then I go, oh yeah, that's because I was trying to emulate you rather than think about what you're what i'm doing right, right. you know yeah and the thing maya was saying you know or at least i think she was talking about was mm-hmm. the the basic theory that you know there's um uh, tactile learners there's yeah. uh, visual learners and there's auditory learners um and that's you know i think that's kind of common teaching theory stuff now totally. and i try and talk to that a little bit but for me when i teach and, and look this is just my style i try to spend as little time talking in front of the class as possible in one shot because look i know that like me being up in front of the class is kind of a shotgun. It's it's not very specific to all these people, you know? So, like, they all have lots of issues that I might not be able to address while addressing all of them at the same time. So I kind of shotgun as quickly as possible and hit all the things. And, like, I try and say, what are the sticky points? Because I know the sticky points, you know? Like, what uh, – everyone's going to suck at this or everyone's going to want to do this or everyone's going to – I try and hit the main idea of the technique and then I hit why the technique or the thing we're doing would happen, right, around the area. I shotgun that super fast, um, and then I watch the class, and then I come over individually and I hit the little right, issues right. that I think they have, and and as much as possible too. I want my uh, my senior students all to be able to kind of be able to start to teach a little themselves. So I want them to problem solve themselves, and so yeah. as much as possible, I will try and stay hands off and watch and go like, can you solve this? You know, and like I'm watching, like I'm watching you guys talk to people, you know, and go like, oh, that's a good good tack to take, you know. Um, and then if I think it's still not clear, I'll come over and hit it, you know, and, and I'll hit it whatever way that person learns. Right. Like, you know, so if they're a physical learner, I'll get a hold of them. If they're an auditory learner, I'll explain it several times to them. If they're a visual learner, I'll, I'll show them, I'll demonstrate with the partner, their right. partner, yeah, right. how it works, you know. And so I feel like that's a better way to do that. You know, my teacher, one of my teachers used to always say, like, every class I describe it, I show it, um, and then I try to go around in class and do it with everyone. I think that's too general. To me, that's too mm-hmm. general. You know, and, and I also have pretty small class sizes, you know, class sizes 6 to 10 regularly. You know, it's not not ever much bigger than that. And so, like, I have the ability to go around and do that. And I also i am real energetic, so I have no problem running around to do that, you know. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I do think that's a um, – I feel like one thing is to always – to make sure that the each person kind of understands both roles, and so a lot of times, you know, um, if you are not uh, the uke for the instructor, um, you may not get to feel what the technique should feel like when it's done absolutely correctly. That's right, right? Yeah. Um, 
And so that could be a problem. So a lot of times, like you're saying, like, yeah, I, I will go around and I will have them either, they, I will have them do the technique to me. So I can take Ukimi and give Ukimi in the, the best possible way so that they can feel like here is where the the technique works. Because I feel, for me, and it must, it is probably because that's this is the type of learning I work best at, I have to feel the technique. Mm -hmm. I have to feel where it exists in space as we're doing it to really understand it. Um, once I get that, it's locked in. But until I do that, so a lot of times I'll do that so I can go like, look, can you feel, and I'm doing like a Kota guy <laughs> here with my body, but can you feel where that technique is going to come off, you know? So I think yeah. like that, understanding how people work and, and is good, you know? And I appreciate too when you both like, um, when you're teaching a class, like, when you are trying to teach something about the specific ukemi for the situation that we're training, that like you will put yourself as the uke and have your your uke do the technique so that you can show something specific about the providing the right ukemi. You know, something that you maybe maybe want to emphasize or you know point to. Especially, I think that's it's helpful to see you do both sides of it in front of the class. And we've had, we've talked about this before. You know how in some ways it's like. The, it feels like the roles are reversed weirdly because it's like you know a lot of times uh, in order to understand what to do as the nage you have to do you have to have the perfect ukimi right and so if the person is not giving you the perfect you're never going to get the other so in some ways it's like I feel like you should learn the other side first and yeah then work I mean and that's most traditional martial arts Aikido is backwards um, and traditional Japanese martial arts. Um, Aikido's backwards. And, and that's really a problem a lot of the times. And I have really, over the years, try more and more to break free of that. I, I really would kind of like it to be where the, the, the teacher is the uke first. Right, right, right. Um, it's just hard because it's so indoctrinated into what we do that a lot of times I find it difficult to, to switch even though I'm trying to do that, you know. But it, Yeah, and so that's – how did that – I mean, is there any idea as to how that actually – how that came to be or why that's the case for Aikido versus the way that we teach that versus other – Yeah, my theory is O-sensei oh, was really old. Um, so I think that <laughs> – Didn't do all that. Yeah, he could, yeah that he, makes sense. He couldn't yeah. take the ukimi all the time. And I'm not saying, you know, like, I mean, that guy was 70 and still awesome moving yeah, around. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, just yeah, understand yeah. that, you know, if you've done a lot of Aikido, you get this. But if you haven't done a lot of Aikido – it takes a toll to you, just take the right. ukemi over and over and over and yeah, over. Yeah. So yeah. it's way easy, like, you know, every five years to switch your regular ukes, you know, where it's just like, like oh, I understand, that's a lot of abuse. Now I'm going to take this new right, group right. of kids, but I'm still always the teacher teaching. So I think it's just an easy role to teach from, whereas, like, if he had to take the ukemi for 50 years, right. I mean, like, <laughs> wouldn't have much of a body left, yeah. you know? So so, um, so I think that's really a big deal. It's like the, the founder of our system was an old guy, right. you know, and he was right. an old guy when he founded the system. Right. And so... Um, uh, I think that's, but I that does change. Issue. I mean, it does change things a little bit and hugely I think it does make yeah, hugely. And you know, I wish, I wish, you know, we were actually talking, uh, it was suggested that we do an episode on Ukimi and I, I want to hit that. Maybe, maybe we'll get to that next, but like, it's important to understand that, um, the Uke in lots of, lots of ways has to be better than the Nage because yeah, yeah. of the, uh, in the way in which we're training, because they have to provide a position, a distance and a timing for a specific technique because that's the technique we're working on, right? Now, a good nage should be trained to deal with all kinds of different situations, timings, and techniques. But in the beginning, they can't do that, you know? So, so like, it's yeah. like, it's like, it's really behooves the student for learning to, to realize what is the right timing, position, and technique, right. and distance for, for this, um, 
this technique to have the senior student demonstrate it over and over. And there's been a couple of times in classes, I feel like recently there was a, we had a, uh, for a while, a couple like um, junior high, high school students that like, you know, young people, new students uh, coming into class and like, um, I feel like there was a rash of classes where you're trying to like teach a, a specific technique or thing um, and that requires a certain ukemi. And, and then we kind of had this continual problem of like um, the people trying to train the situation and the technique and the, the younger students like purposefully like, you know, if it requires the UK leaning forward, they lean back or, you know, right, right, turn right. your arm. They'd, it requires a code of gaish and they turn their arm over and do a Nikyo to like, maybe even unconsciously undo what the right. noggin is And there's, a, there's a thought process for a young person or for a new person to, to go, oh, well, I want to make their training hard, so I'm gonna I'm not going to make it easy for them, right. and then that way they'll be able to do it better. But it's like, yes, but then they should do a new thing. Right. Right. And and it's real hard for people to get that for a long time. And it's yeah. funny, Josh was talking about this the other day. He was teaching some of the, uh, the IQ juniors, the kids in our class, who are starting to transition into the more adult techniques. And um, uh, he was asking one of the students if she could do a Kota Gaish. And she started to do it, and then the student who was taking new Kimmy turned his hand for like a Nikyo. And it's funny because it's like he doesn't yet understand that what we're providing is the opportunity for Kota Gaish. Right, right. If the opportunity arose, could she take the opportunity? And that's what we're looking for, right? And then Conrin is could she adapt to him turning it into a Nikyo, which is also a part of Aikido, but just not what you're training with that student at that time. Yeah, yeah. and so I think it was good that you were able to um... – really like uh, you know because oftentimes you like you've said you'll address things like one-on-one with students hey you know here's a tip this and that um but that was a situation that kind of had come up a couple classes in a row and so you're like okay look (laughs) you know and like it was I think it was a a good move to remind not just those new students that were doing that but like it's a thing that we all kind of like have a tendency to like accidentally unconsciously undo or or provide the wrong ukemi because it's in our head that we want to win or something Um, there's there's this thing in aikido you know people say there's no such thing as a bad uke um that's wrong there's lots of things as a bad uke um because the, the idea behind that is like look if i'm awesome nage then no matter what you do i can adapt to it and that's true but not everyone's an awesome nage, right. and no one in the beginning is an awesome nage. So, like for the teacher, that might be true. There's no such thing as a bad uke. I don't have bad ukes anymore because I can adapt. But I do have bad ukes when I'm trying to specifically show something. This is the only time I ever come unhinged. Is when it's like, look, man, I'm trying to show right. this fucking Just thing. Do this thing. Do this, so I can show what happens if the elbow comes up. I'll talk about elbow comes down later. Yeah. Right now, elbow comes up. No, that's a hundred percent. And I also think that a lot of times when you're in training and this. Uh, maybe a little off, but off tangent, but um, and you are having a problem, and there is a technique, and it's not working. Um, most of the problem is going to be an uke. It's the problem in ukimi, it's right. not the problem in. And the, the teacher's in, job is to uh, recognize that, you know. So, like as a teacher, you having to constantly triage, and like when stuff's not going right, you go, "Why is it not going right? Is it the ukimi? Is it the nage?" And like you know, this happens fairly frequently. I'll get in and do it, do both sides with both people because I don't understand. Which, like watching who's it, making those who's fucking yeah. this up yeah, right yeah, now. A lot of know? the times, it's funny. You, you walk over and you're like, um, you "Do yeah, it with me," do and it I'm right, like, right. "Are you are you teaching me right now, or is this a t- <laughs> is this a test?" Am I what's going going on and then you know now i understand that like you're trying to figure out what's what's going on because when you see it you know like it's a relationship everything in aikido is a relationship and so it's like there is no one person doing it right or one person doing it wrong so it's like what are the degrees of which and and how do i fix that and a lot of times it's like yeah one person is doing something wrong and the other person's adjusting to that thing which is making it worse 
And so, yeah. So what do we think about? Uh, and I feel like we do this uh, a lot, but um, you know, breaking things up into multiple little sections. So, for instance, you know, you look at um, your. Uh, we have it as the waza, you know, but you have your kemiwaza, you have your footwork drills, you have your um, you know, your huddock, your escaping methods or whatever, and, ha- and and trying to teach things in more like siloed ways. So it's like we're going to look at just at hudoki today. So we're not even going to like look at a, a technique necessarily and then, and then being able to build yeah. from I mean, there. I, I, think, I, I mean, mean, that's it seems like a lot of what we do, but um, is there a reason – that you've sort of we moved in that direction. Yeah, I think I think it's really important um, to do that in order to help people get what's going on. So so you know when something happens, um, anything anything in the world happens, um, it's complex. There's all kinds of things that are contributing to why that thing's coming off the way it's coming. It, your understanding of each of those individual things determines how well you can handle that situation, right? Martial arts or singing opera or whatever, right? You know, I, like I know anything about singing opera. But um, but what I'm saying is like there's a ton of stuff. And so when we look at Aikido and we look at, you know, like Kitate uh, Dori, Nikyo, Omote Waza, right? So like it, you might be tempted to go like, oh, there's three things in there. There's the Kitate Dori grab, there's the Nikyo, and then there's the uh, uh a overt form of that, which is the omote waza, right? Um, but the truth is there's a ton of things going on and why you might do those things. And so I think it's really essential to go like, here is this set of ideas. Here is this set of ideas. Here is this set of ideas. And here's why they might be arising. And so when you can break them apart and people can actually see what they are, then it's easier to reassemble them and then see what the problems are for people. So to me, like breaking the waza up is essential. It's core. And and I am you know, so like when I look at, um, you know, that first generation of Aikido teachers, right? And I'm talking about like uh, Mochizuki, Tamiki, Shioda, Yueshiba uh, Jr. Um, you know, like when I'm, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but um, so you know, when when you when you um, when you look at those guys, those guys all had, did a beautiful job of breaking down their body of work. Mm-hmm. Like they broke it down into good pieces that could be worked with. And when I read that material now, I go, okay, here's the, the section you're trying to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Sometimes I agree with the way they broke it up. Sometimes I don't. That That's in, indifferent. That's the method that they used to break it down so they could give people chunks to bite on, right? So like say, yeah. you know, if you had a, a, a block of cheese the size of your house, how the fuck do you even take a bite out of it, you know? Yeah. And so you got to cut some, you got to cut a sliver off of that block of cheese. Right. So, no, that's a great analogy. <laughs> but but you know, Giant and, cheese house. <laughs> but um, anyway, so uh so that's what those guys did and I really feel like subsequent generations have done a poor job of that and they've maybe recited what those guys did, but they didn't think about it for themselves. We haven't been thinking about it for ourselves and and figuring out our own ways to break it up. And so like that's yeah. key to teaching people what you this is. You have to make it um like palatable for people in terms of like being able to digest like digestible for people you know and it seems like when you're a new student like um coming into a class if you're you know thrown right into you know a joe a full joe form you know for example like that is a lot if you don't even know how to you know ski with the joe yeah you know and i mean you know for me i feel like i learned a whole joe form and then spent the next five years breaking it down into its bare components so i could understand what the fuck it was i learned and so I think that's like a better way to teach people mm-hmm. is to like 
break it up into smaller, uh, more like understandable little pieces. Um, but then also to contextualize and not say these pieces are the things themselves. We have to put them back together, right. you know, because I think there's a tendency to go like this one little technique, like people begin to think maybe that that's, that's Aikido. It's like, well, no, we got to put it all back together. That's right. And that's, I think that's a, I yeah. think that's a big thing going on around right now. It's like people are really interested in intent or really interested in flow or really interested in adaptation or really interested in uh, ergonomics or whatever, right? And so that's all of their teaching stuff and then Mm -hmm. you get a whole style built on ergonomics and it's like well that's cool it's cool but it's a piece of the big thing we're doing you know yeah i think also as a teacher and this is something that is hard for me to keep in mind is like um the students levels and where they're going to be at and and you can give them things so the other day i did a class uh and we just did like this little footwork drill for probably like 20 minutes um and the people and they were as they were doing it, they, it was like they were having a great time and like really like yeah. you know really getting into it and really you know um, and and you know picking apart show whatever um, a thing that to me it's like uh, you just do it like I'll do it as a warm up but right. they were really like you know being able to to get something concrete and hard out of it and so like recognizing that there are things and you can always go back to these things you know you can always go back um and just do a whole class on like this is our these this is the footwork let's get it really nice and really tight um and it might seem silly to you as a teacher like why am i just making them do footwork for half an hour like they're going to be bored out of their minds or whatever uh but keeping in mind that like what you know about it and how to work with it is different from that's right the student and they're going to be processing a whole lot more than you are. So um, it is okay to kind of just hit on some things. you got to watch them and, you know, because maybe they are bored. But um, it is okay to do stuff like that, you yeah. know. Like, yeah. and, and it's good. It's, it's good, you know. If you understand that, like, our footwork, these are the ways we move. And you need to know how to do those things. Um, and you have drills that you can work with. It's in, uh, good to, to run them through those. In our ninth queue, I, I, this is like kind of kind of coinciding with that what you're talking about. Um, in our ninth queue test, um, we run the student through all the basic Tai Sabaki, right? So Ashi Sabaki, how you move your feet, Koki Ryoku, how you make force, and Ukimi, how you take force, right? So so that's basically what our ninth queue test is. And you know, I don't expect any level of mastery from the students. I expect them to be able to regurgitate what that is and demonstrate a demonstration of what that regurgitated information is but what's great is like i see them all as they progress go oh it's haragi you have to have here yeah it's haragi you have to have there and they're like yeah but that means more than just keeping your hands like this yes that was the demonstration of the regurgitated information but now you are processing it you know and yeah. i remember josh and this is still one of my favorite moments josh you know like josh you know, i don't know maybe a year into training goes oh my god you keep your hands in front <laughs> of your center and I was like, yeah, man. And, and, and he's like, no, but really, that's what you do. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I tell you that every class. So I know, but I didn't realize till right now that that's really all you do. You just keep your hands in front of your center, you know? It's like I hear those same things repeated over and over. So it's interesting, like what Josh just said, is understand that your level of understanding is different than theirs. And so even if, you know, so what Josh is saying right now is like, you know, breaking it up and really working with one little tiny detail. Also understand that kind of the opposite's true, which is like um, – you know, if you break it up into tiny little details, it still has to hit 
them. Right, right. Right? And yeah. so, like, you could break it up as much as you want to talk about it, but until they get it, they get it. And so, like, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just kind of grossly say, like, hey, this thing exists. And then I leave you with it, you know? And then, like, when you ask me about it again, it's like, yes, that thing does exist. Let's talk a little more about it That's now. been working on you for right, a while now. Right, Yeah. I think the other thing as a teacher is to – uh, understand there are things that you are interested in and want to explore, et cetera, so forth. And then there are the things that the students need and just being clear about that, you know, because, you know, in some ways, um, if it is okay with you and okay with the students, you can use class as a exploration, right? Sure. Uh, to kind of, and, and especially if you have a smaller school, smaller group, I know when we first started out, there was a lot of this where, you know, the classes were as much about uh, us all collectively learning and exploring some things than it was individual, you know, learning, if that makes sense. Uh, but be clear about that, you know, and don't, you know, just get into the habit of like, I am interested in this particular throw, so this is what we're going to do for the next however uh, many weeks. Um or if you do that, just be clear that that's what you're doing and realize that there is, that, that the students may need other things. Yeah. Well, and, and then don't go later like, oh, my God, my students don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, yeah, because you spent yeah, a bunch of time on this right. other thing and you that's didn't right. do that thing. So, right. like, yeah. making sure. I've been guilty. Um, there's something else I want to talk about for this, but I've been guilty before. If I remember teaching a Hanmi Handachi, Jiwaza class once, and uh, – uh, I just started doing it. And look, I've done tons of Hami Handachi Jiwaza. It's no problem. And then, like, watching everyone not know what the fuck to do. Because it's like, oh, I haven't yeah, taught I this like in about a year and a half. And so because I haven't taught this in a year and a half, they don't know how to do it. And so, like, you know, even though I know how to do it, they don't know how to do it, you know. And, and another thing, like, kind of going on what Josh was saying, like, as a teacher, you got to strike this balance. If you don't pay attention to your students at all, right, if you're just on your quest, um, and I think, I think, Oh, sensei was a little guilty of this. If you're just on your own quest, your students don't get a, a full transmission of information, right? So yeah. like, look, I'm exploring my thing about the cosmos and about this detail of Ikkyo. Um, that's cool for you, man. But no one else knows what the fuck you're talking right. about, right? Okay, but then the other side of that is you just robotically teach the fundamentals and you have no passion about it. That's a dead class. Right. And, and few people will be really interested in that. So you have to balance what they need and what you're interested in talking about. People don't take classes, they take teachers. That's very true. That's, I mean, that's something that I heard a lot in college, was like, oh, take this teacher, you'll really like them, and people would just take a whole bunch of classes from the same teacher, not because they cared about the, the subject necessarily, but they loved the way the teacher taught right. the information. Right. And I think that's a huge thing, is like um, feeling that passion that's from right. that person. You know, yeah. And, and you're not going to be passionate, you can, you, whatever, you can be whatever Spartan warrior you think you are in your head. If you're not excited about the material teaching, you're not going to teach it with a spark, you know, and you want to have that spark. So you need to be excited about the material. And so you find what your slant is on forward rolls or whatever it is, whatever it is you want to explore about forward rolls, because that's what everyone needs. What's, what am I excited about about forward rolls and how do I talk about that, you know? It seems like you've got to strike this balance from, from everything, all the tips that I've gotten for teaching this far is that, like, you have to know what you're doing and be excited about it, but you also have to 100% pay attention to the other person because you are teaching another person, you know, and That's so right. balancing your own passion with, yeah, but I got to talk to this person's understanding. I have That's to right. ask them. I mean, I was before the podcast started, I was saying one of the stupidest but most helpful things that pieces of information that I've had for teaching so far is asking someone before you teach them how to roll 
do you know have you been taught how to roll before or have you rolled before Mm -hmm. and that seemed like a like like such a great piece of information for me at the time I needed that because I had a couple times like started teaching someone and then they they're like why do you not know how to do this right or or they did know how and and I was like spent a lot of time talking about it it's like I could have said can you roll and they roll and you're right and so it was like I should have gotten a better grasp of what that person's base of knowledge was before jumping in with them right. and like that will save you a lot of time right is being able to understand what their understanding is what's the um how do i uh what are the the things to not do like what are the things that you know like and don't be a shitty teacher well no because i'm thinking about one right now uh and it's this thing and i've never heard it from you but uh where it's like, thank God, you someone asked the question of like why something is the way it is or whatever, and the answer is something to the effect of like it it just is yeah. or you know like so you know n- not being honest with your assessment. So if someone, what I'm thinking is there could be a situation where someone asks me, hey, how how does this thing play out? Um, and I don't know for whatever reason. Like, either I haven't, they ask a, the question in a way that I've never thought about it before or something. And I don't know. How do you tackle that without just doing, because I think this is the, the fallback for a lot of people, which is like, um, you don't worry about that right now. Yeah, or, or that's just you the know, way to that's do it. like, yeah. that's uh, in a few years you'll get that, or, or whatever, whatever the answer could be. Um, how do you deal with those situations? Or, or what are the situations that to you, uh, and Maya maybe can answer this as a student, Chris is an instructor, but like that are just like ah, cringy kind of yeah. teaching things. Um, you know, so there's like this process you go through. First, your teacher gives you information. And then it's like, okay, that everything my teacher says is the law. So that's that's the way it is, right? Um, and at that stage, when you haven't processed it all yourself, all you can say is, like, that's just the way we do it. That's, yeah. that's what Ikea looks like at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you start to process more, um, you can maybe start to open up and say stuff like, I'm not exactly sure why, but here's what I think. And that's, that's you know, you'll spend a lot of time doing that. Spend a lot of time doing that's that. That's where I'm at. And then eventually, you will have your own answers for that. You know, like, so it's very rare in the system in the system, as I teach it now, I don't think I ever anymore go, I don't know, because I do know. Right. I know, otherwise I wouldn't have put it in there and I wouldn't I wouldn't talk about it. But You but know, in relation to your understanding of the... Right, exactly right. right. So, yeah. Now, there is a problem, because I've come to appreciate just telling people, like, that's the way it is, do it, okay? I don't do it. I don't do that, because that's not my nature, and I hate that when people tell me that, um, because I want you to at least give me the opportunity to be intelligent enough to understand what you're about to tell me. Now, I understand as the person who is in the know, saying like, fuck, you're not going to get this right, right now, so why should I waste <laughs> right. my time telling you? I understand, but here's what you do. You briefly summarize it, and you tell it to them, and you look and see if their eyes glaze over, or if they're taking it in. If they're taking it in, yeah. you give them a little more. If their eyes glaze over, you go... You don't need to worry about that right now. Here's what you need to do. Okay? Yeah. So, and what that does is that fills everything up. I've like, heard that like so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about it until right now, but I'm like, oh yeah, that does get said a lot in our, uh, yeah. in the dojo, which is like, yeah, 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 that's later, yeah. Because it's like, uh, 
if they are ready to take it in, and maybe they are, and I just didn't know. You know, like I, I usually have a pretty good read, but maybe I don't know. I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt, and I'm gonna say real quick what it is, and like go, and and do you understand that? And then I'll usually get a head nod, and if I get a head nod and glossy eyes, then I go, okay, so you don't need to worry about that right now. We're gonna move on to this. And if I get like an excited, fiery look, I'm like, oh, so what I'm saying is, you know what I mean? And that way you don't have to be dogmatic because look, dogma is a way for you to escape your ignorance, right? So yeah. like as the teacher, if I'm ignorant of a subject, I can just go, that is the way it is. Right. That doesn't challenge me. And that doesn't make me grow. And it doesn't make me become a better person. Like, I'm learning too. You know what I mean? Right. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so like I want to give my, not only them the opportunity to understand, I want to give myself the opportunity to explain it. Now you also can't get bogged down with your own bullshit right. desires <laughs> to pontificate about right. something. Yeah, yeah. Right. So when you get those glossy <laughs> eyes, don't keep talking. Right, right. Stop just talking at that point. Yeah. There's a lot of times when I catch myself like I'm talking and then I realize like either, oh, you've got it already and I'm continuing to talk. Right. Yeah. Or, I'm excited. <laughs> right. Or, um, or it's like uh, you don't have it, you might not get it, but just you need to just go on, you know. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back around to it later. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, for me, like I think I'm in a place now where like I do have quite a few few answers but definitely not all of them especially like real specific little situations that come up while we're training and it's a thing that I and then maybe I didn't have a problem with it or I did and I was answered in a different way like there's still a lot of things that come up for me that I'm like oh I don't exactly know like how to answer that specific way you ask that question or oh you know and like for me at least like I am kind of trying to deal with like you know, I've been doing Aikido for a long time and I want to move forward in Aikido and I, I want to be a respectable Aikido person. And so it'd be really easy for me to just go like, well, blah, blah, blah. And like kind of make up an answer or, you know, yeah, not really <laughs> be honest with the fact that I, I'm, I'm not quite sure, you know? And so I try really hard when someone asks me and I'm like, here's my best guess. Here's what I think is going on. But let's let's ask together because i'd like to get more information yeah, on that that's and a i very think honest approach like i i have to constantly remind myself because i i get embarrassed about fucking up in front of you know lower students than me but like remind myself like everyone here already knows what level you're at and they know where your weaknesses sure. are everybody's seen you fuck up multiple times and, in front of the class and, and it's okay you're doing an awesome job of leading by example by saying it's okay to ask the teacher let's ask the yeah. teacher right now. yeah and so i i i I'm always like, oh, here's my thought. Here's what I think is going on, is my guess. But And there's nothing wrong with saying ask. that. I think that's, and I think yeah. that's the fairest way to, to do it if you aren't sure. If yeah. you're not sure, don't act like you're a god and you know everything, right? Yeah. Like, And that's a bitter pill to swallow sometimes. But go, yeah. hey, I'm not certain. Right. I could get this wrong, but here's what I think. A lot of times like people will ask, especially like techniques, and it's like, uh, well, let's try it out, you know, right. and we'll just do it. And then, and then I'll be like, well, here's what I think is happening in the thing, you know. Um, yeah, or but like, it takes that. It yeah. takes like, all right, well, here's what you're asking. Let's try it out and see how it plays out. And then maybe I can answer a little better. Right. Uh, and sometimes then, it's know. true. Like they'll, you know, they'll ask something that maybe I wasn't paying attention to. And I was doing it my own way. And what they're asking, well, well, should we be doing it with this foot forward or with this entry? And and then I'm like, 
oh, let me do it with that. I know, oh, really. oh no, you're <laughs> right. you're right. Yeah, and that's a, a real bitter pill to swallow for a second there because yeah. it's like, oh man, I was supposed to know what I was doing and I was doing it my own way yeah. and, and that was not what the teacher showed. Yeah, really, but that's okay. Uh, try not to sweep shit under the rug because yeah. that's an easy thing to do too where it's like, a, oh, no one saw that I did right. that so I'm just going to lie and pretend yeah. like that's not what happened. But A lot of times I have to, I feel, I have to say like, um, you know, people that it'll, it'll be that situation. I'm like, ah, I'm just working on something else, which, yeah, like I realize as I'm doing it, like I shouldn't. That's not what I should be doing. But there's a lot of times in training where it's like I will cheat something or I'll do something slightly different because I'm working on a different thing. Yeah, and like if someone else notices, that can yeah. be problematic. Um, yes. but. I just go, oh, oh no, look, I'm doing something different uh, right now, and then usually no, no, I'll, I'll, we'll do it. I'll do it the way that it should be done, you know, so that they can see the difference. Right. I try as much as I can to, to like take advantage, like take uh, responsibility for when it was, <laughs> it was my Kimmy fault, or you know, like where you come over and you say something to the person that I'm working with. Oh, hey, can you know, reminder, do it this this way, you know, and then then you walk away. And I'll just be like, oh, I think I was maybe making that harder for you. I'm sorry. You know, or, like, just yeah. be like, oh, yeah, you know. So, like, taking responsibility for areas that you don't know, I think, is really hard. But yeah. it also is better in the long term. Own your mistakes. They'll help you so much, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're at 48 minutes. Whoa! Whoa. We have a lot to say about flew this. right on by, yeah. And who knows if it was... 100% on topic is but I think there was some good information there's so many things tied to it that it's yeah. hard not to get on a little tangent and talk about yeah. this or that for I'm a while. sure we could probably do a whole other episode on oh yeah different um, if you'd like to hear another pointers. episode please, yeah you can let uh, us please know. do uh, let's talk about our patrons let me go get them go get bring them in here yeah. what if we just had all of our patrons a parade of patrons in the the studio and I'm giving the quotes here because uh, it's really just what did you call it last nice week? Kitchen. I don't know. What did I call it? <laughs> Studio M. Oh, Studio, Studio M. M. Yeah. Studio M. to you from Coming Studio to you live M. Live from Studio M in Fresno, California. That sounds like Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you so, so much to our patrons. We super appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Um, you make it possible for us to continue doing this podcast and having it up uh, on the to internet where you can listen to, to it. Continue also. To yeah, that. that's absolutely right. Yeah, um, and it's not like at all about the money. It's about like, oh, there are people listening and that like like and enjoy this thing and um, want to continue hearing it. So uh, that makes a, a big difference to us, and, and sure. it's it's good encouragement. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Um, as we've discussed, encouragement is, is nice and it's important. It is. It is. That's a good thing. Um, so thank you so much to John Smith, Rob Kitson, Lenny Acuna, Matt Mumford, Urbano, Brian Crowley, Matt Riley, Warwick Dean, Lise Klein, Sharon Okada, Jim Gallant, Christopher Aceto, and Grant Templin. All right. Thank you, yeah, guys. That's a pretty long that's list. Super awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, I think this is 78 or 79. Whoa. We're going to be at 100 before you know it. What, what should we do for our 100th? episode we gotta have a party yeah gotta have a party we'll, we'll have to go to denny's well and, and we'll have a party. party we'll invite all the listeners to <laughs> fresno <laughs> anyone who wants to come gotta plane pay, tickets not included. gotta pay your own way gotta pay <laughs> sorry, your own, sorry we're broke gotta pay your own way gotta pay your own hotel but if you want to come i will personally give you a free lesson you can get here um we'll do something also, I'd like to, again, mention we are going to be at Combat Con this year yes, in Las Vegas, yes. Nevada, August 1st through the 4th. We will be teaching 
at least one class, right, on uh, Aikido? Four, Oh, right? uh, Well, see, total yeah. classes. Oh, yeah, so one Aikido class, okay. yeah, a knife fighting Several class, other classes, uh, arm grappling but... class, and a sword and buckler class. There you go. So there's a lot of cool stuff that we will be doing. There's definitely one Oh, and a panel. Class. We're doing we a, panel be doing a with panel with uh, on Jared Marshall, Wilson of Martial Arts Pod, Mar- Mar- Podcast. Mar- Jared Wilson Martial Arts Marshall, and Media, Marshall Thoughts Podcast. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. If you Anyway, if you're going to be there, find us, come say hi. You should go anyway. It's a really cool experience. I it think. is a cool experience. Um, that, it is a cool experience. Um, and, and when you sign up for your tickets, tell them we told you. Now, that's right. Not that we're yeah. going to get any money for that or do. you're going to get a discount. Yeah, we you, don't. Nobody but gets anything. maybe if right. enough of you said it, then right. next year they'll be like, hey, would you guys like $3.50 to right. announce it? And I'll go, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So we're definitely not getting anything for saying this. <laughs> Other than really, truly believing in the event and, and how cool it is. And, and we've been the last couple of years. Four. Four. That's really how many days. <laughs> yeah. So we've been four years. This will be the, four, this will be the this fourth, fourth year. year. If yeah. we see you, well, we can go um, uh, get uh, 10 cent beers at Margaritaville. Oh, fuck yeah. Five cent beers. Five cent beers. So listen, Margaritaville, which is in uh, the Flamingo Casino, and they're not paying me anything. Although Flamingo Casino, you're no, rich. It's not, it's Flamingo, it's not in Flamingo. It's Casino Royale. It's in Casino Royale. No, 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 no. Or it's no, in no. the Look, next one. $2 beers at Casino Royale. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, but that's different than uh, Margaritaville, Margaritaville oh, which right. is in the Flamingo it's Casino and opens out yeah, onto the strip. Right. That's why it's on the strip. I yeah. think it's 4 to 5 p.m. 5 to 6 p.m. 5 to 6 p.m. Whatever. Right in there. Right in there. Find it. Five cent fucking Five cent beers. beers. And just, so they just so give them away. You'll see us there. You if, probably will see yeah, us there. Because <laughs> beers cost five cents. It's not good beer or anything. No. No, who cares? But it's five cents. It's in a plastic cup. Yeah. You give the bar, you give the bartender a quarter and then he just flips it. Yeah. Onto the floor. I don't know where it goes. Yeah, they don't give a shit. They just sweep and them then, up at the end. Right. And beers. then they just it's great. There's it's, beer stacked it's the best along. Best thing ever. Thing. So you should go just to go to Margaritaville. And also, <laughs> then you should go for the rest of the time. Casino Royale, two dollar. Oh Michelob's. man, Casino Royale's great. And by the way, that two dollar Michelob's, it, it burns me a little bit because they've been a dollar for they the last did, like yeah, fifteen yeah, years. Yeah. But last year they went up they to two dollars. Two dollars. But still, How two dollars is pretty good price for a Michelob. For a Michelob. And you, you can walk around on the street with that fucking Michelob. Not in oh, not a glass. glass. Not in the glass. But you in a plastic cup. Yeah. They'll give you a plastic yeah. cup. So yeah. ask for a plastic cup. Yeah. So, hey, go to <laughs> Vegas with us. And, um, I mean, maybe maybe we'll do some more shorts. Maybe we'll just walk around and drink beer. That's, and that's right. what we'll do. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Uh, tip of the week. It. Oh, tip of the oh, tip week. Of yeah. week. Yes, yeah. Ted would have been. Ted would <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That's for you, Ted. The it, listeners are like, right here. Right here. I know. Sucks. Sorry, everyone. I really um, I, I, I did have, it was something that I wanted to mention during the um, during the conversation, but didn't get to. I don't know if this is a tip or not, I guess. But um, I really enjoy, at the end of class, every class, we get to sit down and have a little quick debrief after we bow to each other and stuff. Like I really enjoy that. And I don't know if all other dojos do that all the time. But, like, giving students the chance to process what they've done and um, – a chance to ask any extra questions they have or ex- for you, for the teacher to explain further if there was something that they felt was unclear. Like, I feel like it's a really important time. Yeah, at the end of every class, we have a little debrief where everybody sits in a circle and we just say anything you want to say about class. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. good. There's a lot of, I mean, A, it's fun. So there's a lot of like, you know, we have, a, it's, it's our chance to community bond a little bit. Yeah, um, it's a decompression. But there's also a lot of really good stuff that comes up during those uh, for sure. pieces where um, we can delve into a little more like, Hey, I was really feeling this particular thing during practice. 
what is that all about? And then we can kind of discuss it. So, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. It, feel, it feels very like um, democratic good. and yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. And very, very, I think it makes people leave class feeling like, like it's wrapped up nicely and they feel like yeah, they got to say their piece and you know, it, yeah. it's good, I think yeah. all around. So well, if that's go. not something that no, you're already doing, then that's a good it's good, a good thing to do. All right. All right, guys, we will talk next to you next week. week.